there's times when so much stuff is going on in the world where you need an escape and we all are collectively feeling it. And there's therapy in that. I mean, there's been times, you know, I've come to tears on certain sets. There's been times where I'm jumping up down in joy. You know, I, I think my DJing is very much about giving people release, touching on those kinds of feelings. That's way better than playing a song that's just for the moment, whatever the hot tune is, drop down, rocket girl, whatever the, you know, it, it's like, <laughs> I want, I want people to leave going, no, that song touched me and it's, and it's, it's now part of who I am. Yeah. All of that stuff weaves into being present mm -hmm. and trusting, trusting, and also your intuition. Yeah. Right. Your intuition moves you into places. And, and I think a lot of the stuff that you just said and, and how you operate is, um, it's a Trojan horse into oh, an audience, yeah. but right. it just truly is. Like, how does it make you feel? How does it leave you feeling? What is it evoked in you? What memory is it brought up for you? What does it help you process? What's it look like for your day to day? Like, this isn't, it's like air and water. When things get darkest, we must be our brightest. We must love our hardest. You're listening to Better, and I'm your host, Mark Brand. I deeply believe that everyone has the power to leave the planet a better place than they found it. In my decades of frontline work, I've seen it happen against all odds in the toughest corners of the world. This show was created as a guide to share stories of resilience and hope from the brightest individuals who have overcome challenges we all face to help us all envision and build a better life. Every week, my incredible guests and I will give you access to the conversations we've been having behind closed doors, away from stages, and away from traditional media. Until now, we share this space with the explicit intention to empower you to be your biggest, brightest, most beautiful self, so we can build a better world together. Welcome to Better. Another incredible guest for us. This was when I was writing down the top five folks that I wanted to get right off the bat for the show. Zach was amongst them. You will know him as Z Trip. I will know him as my dear friend. And a long time, I've been a fan of Zach's before Zach and I became friends. We played together for the first time, I think, in 2003 or four in Melbourne, Australia. I was so far down on the opening act list, I think I turned the lights on in the venue. Uh, but was real excited to be there. And why I was so excited is because I always believed that genre-bending music was the way to really move a crowd, to be able to play multiple genres, play them well. But Z really changed the way that we ingest that by layering and by being what we would call the king of the mashup. The mashup doesn't really exist in modern-day music without Zach, but so many other things. And so it's my pleasure on Better This Week to bring you the one and only DJ Z-Trip, Zach. Welcome. Yo, thank you for having me, man. Uh, what a setup. I need to ha I need to have you set me up at, like everywhere I go. Like walking into the bank to cash the check right now is this guy. You all need to know him. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Let me get you the countdown. Do you see the Rock the Bells jacket? That's not facetious. LL Cool J gave him that jacket. Getting this sandwich today at the sandwich shop, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> that's exact. I mean, that's essentially my job, man. It's like yeah, literally I, I, need, I need that. I feel like like you you made me like, oh man, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get this. We're gonna 
we're going to cash this check today. We're going to get this sandwich today. <laughs> so this is what, for 30-plus years, every single person you do that for from stage feels like on the other side, man. This is, this is what you do for a living. I love it. I- Tony Hawk. To LL Cool J, to the Rolling yeah. Stones, like yeah. let's let's really dig in. And I mean, I, you and I are going to talk about because I have a very deep and personal interest in explaining to the wide masses what a DJ actually is and does, and that it is not your cousin at the party pressing buttons. Although that's really great music selection, we got love for your cousin. Thank you for doing that, Johnny. <laughs> of course. But we're going to talk about what it means to not only be a disc jockey, but to be an entertainer to hold space, to transcend that space, uh, to create containers of healing. And that's, I say that with all sincerity. Uh, And, you know, I've got to witness you and your craft, man, for 25, 26 years all over the planet. Folks who are listening obviously have listened to your stuff and get it and know it and love it. But what's it mean to you today if I'm to say, you know, what does being Z-Trip and being a DJ mean to you in 2022, almost 2023? Well, that's a great question. It's a lot of like looking back and and in retrospective uh, of all the things I've done and where you know places I've been, uh, goals I've accomplished and whatnot. But but to be honest, I would have to just throw a caveat in there that the pandemic to me was a reason I can do that. I think mm-hmm. I was going thirty three you know plus years of just go 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 go, you know doing shows and doing you know just going nonstop. And the fact that everything shut down. And I had a minute to get caught up with everything and really have an understanding of what I've done and and where I've been, my mistakes, my achievements, and everything. And and really, without having you know twenty gigs that I'm preparing for or planning for or like you know because the thing is you you do a show it's very specific and then you know t- you might have two days off and then you have you get right back to like I have another show I got to pre- I got to plan I got to prepare. Um, and they're each different and they're each unique and, and each of them, if you're doing it right, each is different sonically. So um, the fact that I had a nice little break there from that sort of pacing for that long mm. allowed me to uh, to actually have some some perspective. So I think in, t- in today, you know, I, I think my DJing is, is very much about it's always been about, but I think more so now it's, it's about giving people release, giving people some sense of escape, some sense of, of journey. And that to me is really the, the biggest thing is trying to take people out of their norm, trying to give people some reprieve from the day to day. Um, that is just, you know, continually snowballing and gathering behind you. You know what I mean? Like mm. the, the, everything, you know, all the stress and the chaos, and also all the good and bad, just everything, 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 everything. When you walk into a party or, or when you walk into a place of, oh, I'm going to let my shoulders drop. I'm going to have, I'm going to, I'm going to dance to this music or I'm going to experience this show. It's very much about, let's see how far away we can get from, how, you know, from the way you walked in. Let's, yes. let's, let me see if I can break it all apart and rebuild it and, and give you all, you know, all new glue. But um, you know, trying to give people like some, uh, you know, leaving a situation where they they feel like they've they've powered up or they've, you know, oh man, what was that song? Oh, cool, man, he played a song and I shazammed it, and now that's the song I play. You know, you ever have a song where you play it every 
hour for like a week because that particular piece of music is getting you through to the next part of your life or the next you know thing in your agenda or your day or whatever but like without that song it's just going to be that much harder so trying to 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 give people a window into that because to me being this person who is a collected gathered found all this music and then b putting it together and chopping it up and, and mincing it up in a way that I then serve it to people. I'm trying my hardest to give, have you remember it, have it touch you in a way, the way it touched me mm. and basically trying to share that experience. Because I mean, there'll be times where I'm, you know, I'm in a, in a grocery store or something and I'll hear something over the, the speakers or I'm out somewhere and I'm like, Oh wow, this song, I gotta, I have to, I have to find it. I have to, I have to go home and get every version of it. And then I have to take it all apart and figure out how I can expose this music to somebody in a way that makes them feel like it stops them in their tracks. So that's the thing. It's like, because the power of music is really ultimately it. So I think, you know, in this day and age in, in, you know, you're talking about sort of DJing now, I feel like it's a situation where there's a lot of people who are doing it and, and, there's a lot of fanfare and, and, you know, big festivals, big shows, and people are, are doing their thing and that's great. And there's a release there. But for me, I like to get a little more tactile with it and have it really be about the music and the song and the performance and all that stuff is definitely needed and how you present it. But ultimately to me, it's uh it's about having an audience connect with the music, not so much connecting with me, but connecting with the sounds I'm providing, you know, it's very much about that. Yeah, man. I mean, you've always been a you've been a conduit since I've watched you play, and it becomes egoless, and it becomes like the energy that's coming out. You know, what story that just like came up in my body as you were saying that um, is really clear to me because music fans, DJs who lose passion or anybody who loses passion for their craft, period, can't operate properly. And you and I were standing in our dear friend and big brother Jazzy Jeff's backyard probably two and a half, three years ago, just pre-pandemic, a few months, and we're standing in Lord Finesse our dude, the underboss walked by and we're standing and you looked at me and you're like, that's still pretty cool. Right. And I was yeah. Like, yeah. That's still pretty yeah, cool. Right. Like we yeah. still are like in our heart, we're fan fans. Like I'm like, yo, that's, that's Lord finesse, but that's our guy. But it's still like, I see you. Yeah. I'm still a fan of your music. I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan Thanks. of watching you perform and we're going to put a little segment of it, but you helped me with the charity fundraiser during the pandemic when we were all locked in my streams for dreams series and you are so incredibly creative. And I consider you a DJ's DJ, but also a producer's producer. And we'll get clear on that in the next segment as we come back. But you ripped off my IG story, something that I was saying leading up to the concert. You literally ripped my vocal and then you mashed it up during the set. I was having a moment to reflect today before our fifth Streams for Dreams. And to think that this has been almost 10 months of what's been happening to us and like what has saved me and us from so much during this time and music is at the center of it it's right at the center of it sharing stuff back and forth watching our friends and new friends perform on the internet and watching people share their gifts is kind of the best we've always had that in person we've always had musicians show up for us when we do our events and what happens with music is it just like rests you it stops you. It stops your brain from swirling and twisting in the wind. It brings you into somebody else's story, and storytelling has never been more important. Right now, we are 
in this narrative together. And so if we can just be in the escape together, which is in music, and we're seeing community build digitally that is going to last far beyond this issue. And that's where we're at. So today, we have the distinct pleasure of bringing you that same energy again with our fifth Streams for Dreams. 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 We got, you know, a thousand people there watching the set digitally and I'm in, I got tears streaming down my face on my couch. Like I'm so emotionally touched by the intentionality and I use that, those two stories very specifically because that's who you are, right? Yeah. You look beyond yourself consistently to hold the space for others' journeys, give them that elasticity leaving the room. But really, like, I want you to see you is the feeling that I get when I'm at a Z-Trip show. Folks, you are on better. We are just warming up. My brother Z-Trip, keep it locked. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Better. Uh, when we left it off, I was just explaining my experience and people's experience with being able to, you know, so I sent Zach a, a message this morning because I was listening to a track that he did with uh, Merce back in the day about breakfast cereal and the playfulness of it and the sample and the drums there and all of that stuff reminded me of our brother, rest in peace, Bismarck e, who you also had the pleasure of working with a bunch. And just the whole web of respect and acknowledgement and working with artists that others wouldn't necessarily rock with the most. Like you on a record, on your second big record, on your bigger release, worked with Chuck D, but you also put Murs on that record. And like saying, mm -hmm. you know, I respect music and I respect rappers and I respect people who actually are about the craft for the craft, not because of the hype. And so as you kind of said earlier, there's a lot of people DJing. Equipment, and I'm sitting in front of some right now, has allowed anybody to be able to do what took us years to literally be able to figure out. But in selection and respect and character is where the next chapter begins. So mm -hmm. how does that all feel for you as you continue to produce and you continue to break artists still? What's that feel like right now in 2022? I feel like um, you touched on a couple of things there that are super important. It's really crucial for me to give people familiarity, but also give them a, a sense of unpredictability uh, in not knowing what's gonna come next, but a trust. You could go up there and play all the hits and safe, but you're also not doing anything of uh, putting yourself into that and, and giving people a sense of why you're there. You know, why, why is this guy here or girl here? Because they're just playing hits? Okay, anybody, can theoretically play hit songs, but if you are putting in um, some stuff that nobody knows and you're mixing it in a way where you're giving them something that they didn't know they needed, like that to me is the epitome of if a DJ is great. 
And so I've always tried to do a thing of like one for them, two for me, you know, maybe two for them, three for me, mm. then back to, you know, one for them, but always get a balance of like, here's the songs I know that you want or that you'll respond to, but here's songs that I want you to respond to. And I want them to go out there because I want you to feel the way I feel about it. And hopefully those songs will actually supersede the hit songs that you know, and will be like the, that thing you played with the cowbell, what the hell was that? And, and that to me is the sign and the mark of a, of a professional is like the person who's going to take something you've never heard and sandwich it in a way. And that's kind of what, you know, mashing up and mixing music is really about is, is giving you, uh, you know, the bed of rice that you're super happy about, you know, but then this entree, this other thing that's on there that you don't know what it is because you like dishes with rice, you're going to eat it. And then you find out like, oh, this is whatever it is. Now I'll have it without rice. I don't even care. It's like whatever that thing is next time it comes around, I'm going to get it. And so the same thing kind of goes and applies to how I produce. You know, on my first record on Shifting Gears, that album is filled with juxtapositions. And you're talking about Murs and Supernatural with with, uh, Breakfast Club, which is a very interesting track because the verses are all about early Saturday morning cartoons. But um, the chorus is all about sugar cereals so it's like the juxtaposition of you know let's rap about all the cartoons but then the cereals are naming each different cereal so it's sort of a fun thing and it's over a playful beat but at the same time then you have on that album some really heavy stuff with chuck d where i sample the scorpions and it's a really interesting thing Mm -hmm. you've got like you said people who are are super familiar there's a track i did with chester rest in peace from lincoln park on that album and at the same time, you've got Grandmaster Kaz, you know, uh, or, or Luke Sick or some of these people. Bus Driver, amazing MC. And Bus Driver is on a track where I sampled Jethro Tull. It's like these, these really interesting juxtapositions um, that were meant to challenge. You know, there's, there were songs that were meant to get on the radio, stuff with, with Chester, definitely a radio hit. But then songs like Take Two Copies with Bus Driver is really a track for the heads and you know, it's funny because there's from time to time I'll hear some people play these songs and it's like the fact that they just exist out there and it's an option. It's another spice on the spice rack to to, to draw from it, um, it. I love that stuff. And it's funny because I'm, again, pandemic carving space for me to sort of get back into the why I, I do what I do or what's next. I'm starting to reconnect with that passion of trying to produce some more music or just put together things that are unexpected with a level uh, of sense of, of trustworthiness, you know, with the, with the crowd trusting my process. And that's the other thing too. I, I, I really have to say that I'm super happy that I've had a fan base that's rocked with me and has allowed me when they come to a show, they don't know what they're going to get. And they just go, Hey man, I'm here because of, of you and your, how you put things together is, you know, it's taken years to get to that point, but I'm so grateful that, People trust my musical taste and and allow me to take them on a journey because each time it might be different. I mean, my last, all the Twitch things I did through the pandemic, same thing, house night, drum and bass night, chill yeah. night, yeah. Uh, you know, reggae thing. It's like just always trying to dig into the bag a little bit and expose people to things that I listen to that you might not be able to play at a club or you might not be able to play um, in certain places because it doesn't connect with the environment as much as you know oh i want to party and pop bottles and, and wild out well this this acapella thing is not going to do it for you but you know in on the drive home it's that's that's going to be the thing that that's going to you're going to remember more than the night so it's like 
trying to sort of put these things together and give them the ability to be heard and digested in and out of context is, is very much a goal of mine. Yeah, man. I was just thinking about a conversation that you and I had probably 10 or 11 months into the pandemic, which was the awareness of the commodification of uh, artists. And mm, when, yeah. when you're on that, tre- like you're always aware, but when you're on the treadmill, I'd done 300 days a year on the road for the five, six years prior. And you're just, you're doing the thing because it's also creating a resource for you to do the thing that you right, want right, to do, right, right. but you're not necessarily getting to do the thing that is at the right. center of the core of your being, which is what you just explained. Right. And like reconnecting with that, the requests come in for you as a human. We're seeing this across society with great quittings. Like kids just yeah. being like, you know what? I'm never doing that job again because yeah. Yeah. my my mental well-being, my physical well-being, my longevity, my family, I'm just not doing that for you anymore. Yeah. I think that was across the board from, you know, in socioeconomic status, top to bottom. You were like, wait a sec. I go on the road to talk to this bank about what for why? I'll right. owe for that check, but that check actually costs me this amount of my life force and this amount of my relational status and this amount of this thing when I could actually stay home <laughs> and build deeper right. with my family and dig into my crates a little further and see what I love and put a product back out. And many of our mutual friends, just watching them blossom in the digital sphere playing records that you know they haven't touched in 10 years, right? They're like, yeah, yeah. wait a second. I'm going to play it's this junior best. rejoin. And oh, it's the best. Seeing people play out again now, they are five for me, one for you. Yeah. And yeah. you have to trust me as an artist. And I'll say this again, I man, you and I, when we go to see shows, I don't want to hear any music I know. Right. I'm not there. Right. to. Hear, I want to hear what you have done. I want to hear what you're right. putting through in the electronic music scene coming up in that too. Like I would listen to six hours of music and maybe hear once. I'm like, Oh, that's an underworld remix. Right, 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 right. All I would be there for is the rhythm, the people the like, just like how we are with each other. You know, you know, I, that's the one piece of the puzzle that I struggle with. I wish more people would be less focused on the stage or the, or the, or the, the spectacle and more into who is around my immediate surroundings. I want to dance with people. I want to intermingle um, and, you know, bring the lights down, just cut, cut off all the spectacle and have it be about the the community. I miss that. That to me is any party like that. It's my favorite. That's what's up, man. And you see our friend Rich Medina's Record Lounge, all of these places that are popping up. They're about that. And I'm playing those places when I travel. I'm in Mexico City playing 16 yeah. people, man. That's it. Sometimes those are the better party anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> they are for us for sure, man. But sometimes. 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 But we're going to come back and we're going to talk about arenas. We're going to talk about the Stones. We're going to talk about Nirvana. We're going to talk about all sorts of things. It is my honor and pleasure to host my friend and everybody's friend and neighborhood and stadium rockin' DJ Z-Trip. We'll be right back on Bet. Folks, welcome back to Better. Uh, Zach and I were just geeking out about the party we want to be at. But also, I want to talk about some of the parties that have been. And if you think about some of the largest artists and largest performers and people who have shaped our mentality, they've shaped what's possible um, from the 540 to drumming solos that make us all like, you know, think my, my fingers would literally fall off. 
you have got to play with and be friends with and be around some of the most positive influential people, I would say. Chuck D changed my entire life, period. I've had the chance to say that to him multiple times. Tony Hawk changed a lot of people's lives and continues to do so. The Stones dig in, man. Like, how does Zach end up with all of Nirvana? Like, how do you end up with all of these people? How does your career start and then move into that space? That's that's a really interesting the progression. You know, I, it's, it's funny, man. I just it's hard to to really to say like how it happened. It's just it just sort of evolved. It it I just head down doing what I do, trying to like my whole thing is about trying to stand out while blending in. It's a very specific tact that I have and how I approach things. It's like I want to be noticed, but I don't want to be so noticed that I'm ostracized. So I think through my process of just having my own sound and doing my own thing, uh, it became very much about other people taking notice as well and other people realizing and seeing, oh, this this person is a little bit different. Let's check his stuff out a little bit. Let's have him open for us. Let's have him do that remix for us. And taking each opportunity like that and and pushing it and and trying my hardest to have it be so specific for that person, but with my thumbprint on it, over the years, I think people started to recognize that, oh, he has a, a, a good track record. He has a, a, a good sound. He has a very specific thing that, you know, kind of only he can do it his way. I mean, anybody can mash things up. Anybody can DJ. Anybody can produce. It's just the way that I go about those things, I think, eventually started to have people take notice. Um, and my head was down the whole time, so I never really used anything as a benchmark. This, you know, opening for the Stones and Rush and ACDC, never had... Never looked at that as a benchmark. Opening for Lincoln Park, never really used that as a benchmark until probably two or three years after those things happened was I like, oh, wow, that was, yeah, you know, people keep referencing it. Oh, you know, doing Coachella four times, you know, oh, people reference that. I, I don't, in my mind, it's just keep going, keep going, keep going. It's just when you look back again, you start to realize, oh, wow, I, I played with LL, you know, for his Hall of Fame introduction, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame introduction. We did the Kennedy Center honors. I put together the whole segment for that. You know, it's like, oh, wow, this music directing I'm starting to sort of segue into as opposed to just being a DJ or just being a producer. Oh, hey, I'm scoring this thing over here. Like, you just, you keep pushing it, trying to do more and more things that you haven't done. And I'm happy, that, you know, that I've been able to network and connect with other artists that are at the top of their game and the collaborations are 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 incredible working with tony hawk is is you know that's a, a great thing it's like we we met over the years and we tried to figure out hey what what makes sense and it it was very much about how, why don't you come over and play at this thing i'm skating at I'm like cool so i did that one time and then i was like you know what would be cooler is if i was up on the ramp with you guys that way i could see what you're doing and i can kind of play to the intensity of what you guys are skating and how you're skating that turned into you know what would be even more dope is if we like bolted down my turntables on the top of the of the lip of the coping so when you guys come up you can actually launch or or you know do things off of my turntables then you know tony's coming up and doing stalls and hand plants and stuff on my turntables while i'm playing that was like again just you're working with people who are like yeah let's keep pushing let's let's see what you know as and for djs it's like to post a picture of tony doing a hand plant on your turntables on the top of a of a of a half pipe is like what DJs have done that? You know what I mean? It's like okay, <laughs> well, this, one. 
Yeah, yeah, but that was the thing. It's like this. It, it's such a microcosm. Like most people be like, "Who cares?" But in the DJ community, be like, "Yo, did you see that?" It's like I've always tried to just push it and push it and push it. And the same thing with opening for the Stones. You know, that was me with four crates of records rolling out onto a massive stage mm-hmm. and playing to a crowd that, by the way, had just booed Justin Timberlake. It was the SARS stock. So, it was like, <laughs> you know, he had just come out from being in, within sync and like. His set was incredible, but the crowd was there to see all the rock stuff, and they just weren't having it. And so I came out, and I launched into my, oh, Lord, the Janis Joplin thing with a DJ Shadow break I did. Yes. And then I went, think I went to like some Steve Miller thing, and it's like once the crowd knew that this is music that I grew up to and I'm playing to a crowd of people that, you know, how I would want to have it heard, they were like, oh, he's one of us. And then it was like, you know, every song thereafter. And by the end of the thing, I'm playing drum and bass for this crowd and they're like losing their mind. It was like <laughs> one of the best moments, but it was, a, you know, again, it's all about how you approach. It's all about sort of your, you know, how you step into each situation. Stuff I do with LL, very different from the stuff that I do my own things or with stuff I might do with, a you know, another artist. The Nirvana remix, very specific for what I did there. Any kind of things that I do, it's very specific to what I'm doing for that person, whether it's myself, whether it's another artist or collaboration, but having the tools and having the, um, the crates really more than anything is that's, that's been my, my palette is like knowing when or when not to play the right song, knowing when or when not to put drums on something, when to let something breathe, when to engage with the crowd, when to let, let the, you know, there's just so much of, of nuance that, is not really taught, it's learned. And that to me is something I've been very much a student of other DJs, very much a student of my own. I'll go back and listen to things and be like, oh, I could have done better there. Sure. I'm constantly trying to push it and evolve. And I think that's something that I still, like it goes back to what we were saying. I'm still a fan and I still want people to, to get as excited as I am about things. And more than anything these days, I want to touch on the nerve of, of feeling. I want people to feel things, sad, happy, expression i mean there's been times you know i've come to tears on certain sets there's been times where i'm jumping up and down in joy there's times when so much stuff is going on in the world where you need an escape and we all are collectively feeling it and there's therapy in that and i feel like you know in some of these sets i've done whether it's a edc or or you know nocturnal wonderland doing like you know edm style stuff it's like there's a moment where i can do my set have everyone really feel this great thing and then end on something that's very touching and very to the heart. And that to me is, I think, tend to remember those things more than they remember, oh, that scratch solo was great. It's like, no, I remember how I left feeling. And I remember he turned me onto a thing that has now become part of my life fabric of music. It's like, it's it's a, he turned me onto this. Now that's part of who I am. And it's going to be part of who my kids are and everything like that to me is touching on those kinds of feelings that's way better than, you know, playing a song that's just, you know, for the moment, whatever the hot tune is, drop down, rock it, girl, or whatever the, you know, it, <laughs> it's like, I want, I want people to leave going, no, that song touched me and it's, and it's, it's now part of who I am. Yeah. And I think a lot of the stuff that you just said and, and how you operate is, um, it's a Trojan horse into an oh, audience, yeah. but it's also a Trojan, it's also a deep level of respect and acknowledgement. It's like, meeting somebody with their traditional customs. Yeah. Right? Like, I got Janis Joplin and Steve Miller for you, Trina, 
from Washington. <laughs> let's vibe. Right. You know, let's vibe. Like, cause music is universal. Right. Like it's it for people who know, you know, like there's no boundaries to this stuff. You and I can listen to Tchaikovsky the same as we can listen to a new trap song and be like, yo, the bass hits there. Right. Like there's no, there's no in between for us. Right. It just truly is like, how does it make you feel? How does it leave you feeling? What is it evoked in you? What memory is it brought up for you? What does it help you process? What's it look like for your day to day? Like this isn't, it's like air and water. Yeah, that's the currency, man. That's the currency right there. Having a bigger vo- musical vocabulary and and trying to get other people to have it as well. You know what I mean? But not that's the one. But not we but got- not but not forceful. But like in a in a in a I want you to come to this as well. Like I did. Like you did. Z Trip, the Trojan horse of other genres <laughs> is here with us today. Sure, We're sure. on better. We're coming back for our last segment. If you're with us on the radio, right after this, keep it locked. Brother Zach, thank you for being here, man. I'm so stoked. Yeah, man. Folks, welcome back to Better. It's hard to believe that this is a fourth segment. I know you may have heard me say that once or every single show, but it goes so fast. And we've got to talk about all sorts of things, but I think what you'll be able to feel throughout is music is a conduit. It is an honor for anybody who gets to share it, particularly others, or create it, or have people's time shared with them. And, you know, a couple of things that Zach said over the years, one that hits me really, really hard is I love being able to show my craft to young minds and having them absorb it. When we came up, there wasn't many people who were willing to show and share the secrets of the trade. And the last time we saw each other in person in person was with Big Brother Jazzy Jeff, who puts together this incredible retreat for about 120 producers, DJs, singers, engineers, musicians that are hand-selected to get together and share their tools, their trades, their craft. But also, I was brought there to do some coaching around social impact and mental health stuff. It's all connected in this each one teach one stuff. I think we can both say our careers wouldn't be our careers without them. And there's a responsibility after that. And that transcends everything in the world. So I wanted to center this for the last segment is mentorship is one of the greatest gifts in the world. Truth and sharing, the other two. Like, tell us more about when, when did that come for you? Who, was there somebody who showed you the best way to be a mentor and to share? There's many, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it starts with hip hop. I think, you know, for me, hip hop really changed my perspective, especially on black culture. You know what I mean? I, things I didn't know, people like Marcus Garvey and, and, you know, Huey P. Newton and people like I, people that I would have, nobody taught that to me in, in traditional school right learning about these people through krs1 through you know chuck d through whomever like it's just learning about culture learning about being open to to things and being exposed to different things and allowing people to have a voice outside of your normal circle of voices and giving the opportunity to validate those voices um, as opposed to just cutting them off because they're not in your circle or it's like, oh, you know, I feel like that was something that hip hop allowed me to experience. And it was brought forth through music. So it's like, you know, Chuck D is, again, public enemies is such a, a major influence because they were giving you conscious and party. Like, right? so, you know, I'm out on the dance floor rocking out to something. And I'm hearing, you know, some reference to a Malcolm X thing. I'm like, wait a second, you know, 
oh, I got to go back and research that or, or, you know, whatever it is. So it's like, there's, there's a part where I'm, I'm partying them, you know, in the zone, checking girls out or whatever, but I'm also like going back home and going, Hmm, that line, let me, let me research that. Or let me dig into that. Or, or, or Oh, Hey, the perspective of, you know, whatever. So that to me, that's where I think consciousness really elevated and allowed me to, to look past. I mean, you know, it's also, it's a weird thing because there was a, a double-edged sword. Hip hop can also be very alienating and very, um, you know, don't you come around here with that bullshit. You know what I mean? Like that's hip hop is very much like the posturing of like, no, nah, we don't, we don't mess with that. But so, and there's, there's, there's some B-boy aspects to that. Some, some, you know, some stand your ground to that. You know what I mean? I get that. However, it also on the flip side is, is one of the most, no, we, we want everyone to come around. Everybody is, is, is open. So understanding the fine line of like being open to everybody at first, but also being, you know, keeping other things out that are, are of a negative impact and, and sort of being my own filter. I think hip hop really allowed me to do that and bringing that now towards any other style of music. And I say that because, you know, house music, for instance, when hip hop was, you know, early eighties, and and disco and house music was sort of like doing its thing. Hip hop, like beats, drums and breaks, they didn't want anything to do with the the disco or the house thing. It was like very much like, nah, that's that's whack. But as I started to progress musically, I started waiting, like, no, that maybe, but there's these couple house songs that I think you might because I'm a hip hop head, I'm a hardcore hip hop head, but this is this transcends it. If you don't have this house song in your repertoire, you're kind of losing, no matter what. So I'm going to take a stand here and go, not all house is whack. I'm going to take a stand here and go, wait a second. Not all country music is whack. Not all, you know, and you start to understand that, wait a second, that goes back to the original ethos of hip hop, which is bringing like, we're a filter, filtering in good stuff and, and recycling and pushing out even better stuff based off of that. So if your diet is only meat and potatoes, then that's all you're ever going to get. But if your diet is vegetables and, you know, curries and cilantro and spices and then your palate, you, you're able to speak more. You're able to create more. You're able to experience more. So that was something that, again, hip hop taught me sort of how to, how to be uh, like standoffish, but it also then taught me how to be like super inclusive via sampling. And that was really it. It's like, once I started to go back to just not the popular stuff where it was sort of like, you know, a certain era, it was like, let me go back to the source the 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 jazzy jays the cool herks the bambadas flash you know let me go back to some of these guys starsky and, and and understand what they were playing and to what crowd they were playing and then let me also even push it a bit further and, and understand like okay different styles and crowds you know there might be somebody who lived in that circle but also lived in like the late night loft disco circle. And then what were they listening to? And then it's like, oh, then electronic music, craft work being brought in. I mean, you're talking about, let's just talk about that for a second. Craft work, a German electronic group that had really nothing to do with hip hop. All of a sudden you play any craft work song, you know, for the most part, and you'll hear that the hip hop sampled it because it was so futuristic and so, so far out there that, Craftwork is now synonymous with hip hop and it's, they didn't set out to do that. Hip hop embraced that and turned it into its own thing. And we sort of like, that's now they're like, no, they're, 
those those four German guys there with us. <laughs> right. And those four German guys are like, I don't know. I don't remember being invited to the party. I don't know if I want to come to the party. <laughs> so it, that that mentality for me is, is really sort of what it goes back to, I think, is, you know, having the understanding of 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 taking anything and and getting taking the best parts of those things and then reinterpreting or re-exposing them to people who might not be aware of it and ultimately again it goes back to sort of like you know trojan horsing it in a way but it's it's very much about let me slide this medicine in you know let me let me slip in the uh the the thing that you need that I know you need because I didn't know I needed it and when I got it I now it's part of my everyday and I want you to have the same experience because it's only going to make you bigger and better. It's, and when you travel, you're only going to have that much more of a vocabulary musically. So it's just funny, man. Expansion and inclusion, man. I mean, all of that hip hop gave me a couple of things that you just alluded to. One of them was the want to argue and argue safely. Right. So I, we, I could, I could argue about a sample all day long with somebody and there was no Google. Like we had to go and like dig through stuff and, and we are, I'd be like, nah, that's a baby. No, it's not. That's a, the OJs. You're like, Okay. What snare is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. And we would have those conversations, but also it taught me how to try to achieve excellence. There's no such thing as achieving perfection, but I was called the toy for a long time. That's a very serious diss within circles and it hurt my feelings and it made me more hard, but it also made me practice a lot more. Oh, yeah. I practiced my trade and I held B-boy battles and watching those people you would see people come out hard and then the hugs and the love and the daps and the respect after an MC battle, a DJ battle, a B-boy battle, a graffiti battle for that matter. Like watching crews show each other love and respect based on actual talent, right? And so you would, if you worked at your craft, you were always accepted in hip hop if you worked at your craft. But if you just came in and were like, I'm on some swaggy stuff and like, this is just how I do. You're like, yeah, no, that's not real. And KRS showed us a lot of that. And Rakim showed us a lot of like They just showed us that, first of all, hip-hop comes from this. And this is dance hall. And this is chanting. And these are rhythms. And this is what this looks like. And you're like, oh, I didn't know any of that. It's like, yeah, because you don't know anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't even get a chance to talk about uh, Jamaican culture and the influence of that as well. And, you know. And this is the point right here where I say, if you're on the radio. Part two. <laughs> thanks for hanging out. Um, and, you know, music is everything. Music is life. It, it allows us to understand complicated things. It allows us to engage with each other in ways that deepen our emotional well-being, our mental well-being. This is why I wanted Z to come on. Obviously, it's one of many conversations. If you're on the radio, thank you for hanging out. Zach, thank you so much for being with us today. It feels like I've been talking to you for seven seconds. Yeah. It really does. It this feels- is how our conversations <laughs> go. I love you, brother. Thank you for being with us. You've been on better. My name is Mark Brand. This is Z Trip. If you don't know, now you know. Thank you for being here. Peace. Now, if you are on the podcast, you already know what's about to happen. And this is it. And we're just going to dive straight in, man. Like, there's no need to, to stop. Let's talk about Jamaican music. Yeah. Let's talk about its influence and, like, like just go. It's the forefront of everything. You know, here's something to me, man. I'm going to come right out of the gate with this one. This is what what um, Jamaican culture taught me. The shout out, the shout out is everything. You know, it's yes. one of those things. Where I wish I wish I could have said this for the radio, but it's such a crucial component because it's it's also what hip hop is really um, based around. And them not even maybe they you know hip hop didn't even necessarily know it. It's just a it 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 was the the piece 
you know, going from one culture to a next that, that jumped on and, and has kept going and is still relevant. And I'll tell you why. There's so many people that were influential or, or created a style or pushed a style or whatever, but might not have been recognized for it because they, you know, the time, mm. the, 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 whatever the, the, the camera was at the time that was looking at things, maybe the camera got turned on right after they did it and somebody else got the credit for it or whatever. I mean, it's, it's the same thing with me, even with, you know, mashing up things. It's like, there was a million people who did that before me. I just helped popularize it. And so a lot of people know me as the, as that person, but many people who influenced me Steinsky's and, and negative land. And, and just, I mean, I can go on and on about people who were doing cut and paste and there's a lot of them, but you know, the, the shout out going back to that, it's, it's such a crucial component because acknowledgement is everything and giving somebody their props and recognizing somebody for being a, uh, a, you know, a very important person or pushing a culture or doing something that we all benefited from in a way allows people to a know where it came from and B validate them. And the thing is how many disc records or whatever would have been avoided had somebody gotten the proper shout out or how many all of them you know right and it goes back to this it goes back to jamaican culture you're in a party people are you know toasting over a rhythm you know what i mean it's like they're running a rhythm whatever they're just doing their thing they're passing the mic around so and so walks through the door it's like yo i got a shout out you know mad cobra just walked through the door it's like there's an inter- you know, there's a respect where it's like oh he's here oh wow okay you know it's like everyone gets on the same page to go let me give them their flowers let me give them the love and there's a a thing of the shout out to me is the validation that certain people need because you might not be getting paid financially you might not be getting any sort of accolades especially if you helped father something or or push something forward and somebody else ended up getting you know, all the credit for it or all the accolades for it. Then you walk around going, man, that was, that was my thing. And it, and it breeds resentment and, and frustration. And to me, the thing that releases that is acknowledgement and that's the shout out. So when you're looking at the shout outs on everybody's record and, you know, there's a million different people, all that matters, even down to the very last person, because some people never get the credit for what they have done. And, to me, the shout out was the thing that that was one of the most validating and biggest things that hip hop brought for, brought forth. Because each one teach one, you want people to to know who it is, and the people who who wouldn't shout other people out. To me, that's like mm. it's just sort of a, a cardinal sin in hip hop is to not acknowledge. If you forget somebody, different. And there's a lot of totally you know you know most of the disc records are probably because oh man I forgot because I was you know I was high or whatever I was you know was in the Let moment. Let me remind you. Yeah yeah yeah. In sixty four bars. Yeah yeah yeah. And and you'll <laughs> never forget that again. But like to me, I do feel like there's a there's a certain um, level of of the shout out being such a crucial component to all of this. And you know when it's done right, it lives forever. You know. You know, think of of Biggie, Peace to Kid Capri. You know, I love Bug Starsky. It's like you're you're shouting out, you're immortalizing these people's names who matter. You know, so that was like for me having Grandmaster Kaz on my record. It mattered to me. That's the guy who wrote, you know, Rapper's Delight, and somebody else took his lyrics and then got the fame for it. You know what I mean? It's like 
that to me, like, if you don't know the story of that, we all suck. You know, it's like, if you do know the story, then when <laughs> Grandmaster Kaz comes down the, down the, the yo, Kaz, yo, like, every time I see him, I'm like, my guy, because I, I want, hundred, I want to give him as much as I can, even though I'm just one person, but think of how many people know Rapper's Delight and all the energy that got funneled into Sugar Hill Gang. When it was really yeah. this guy who who did the thing, a hundred and that hundred, a hundred. You know what I mean? That to me, like the shout out is so crucial. So when you know when I see you walk through the door, yo, Mark Brand's in the house. You know, Scratch Bastards. Oh, you know, Jeff. Whatever. Anytime I get to see these people and shout them out in any capacity, a it feels good to get acknowledged, but b it's about continually pushing these names and these these people that matter to the fabric and the blueprint of what this is. And I just feel like the shout out as an umbrella, again, a Jamaican thing more than anything. It's like talking about people who are stepping in the room from that kind of party. Like this is the party. These people are at the party turned into the, you know, the, the, the high school parties with, you know, cold crush and, and romantic fantastic. And, you know, who you know, all these different, you know, MCs and things. It's like, shouting out people who are in the room and that turns into, yo, I, I put a record, you know, uh, who are we going to shout out? Uh, shout out Kara Lewis, our agency, whatever, you know, Eric being rock cam. You're like, everyone's 100%. shouting, people, you know, it's like, and it's everybody just getting, putting people on, getting people aware. Like, because again, before you had the, the ability to, to, to discogs or Google or Wikipedia and draw your map out of who these people are, you were hearing these names there's times where I'd hear names on a record. I'd be like, I don't know who that person is, but I keep hearing their name. I need to know who that person is. Had the shout out not happened, I wouldn't know. And therefore, it's about educating, you know, and uplifting. So that's my speech. Thank you very much. Thanks for attending the Z Trip <laughs> TED Talk in the extra innings on yeah. shout outs yeah. and recognition. So two things to add. But it's crucial. It's, it's crucial. It's crucial. I mean, it's just the way you operate in your daily life. Acknowledgement. Like, just take it back to being an individual. When you are walking into a service situation and somebody takes care of you, acknowledge them, read a name tag, say hello to them, address yeah. them as who they are. So important. Like, every single step in your life that you do, like, this will critically make you a better human being, not forward-facing internally. Mm -hmm. People mm -hmm. are always like, oh, you do that so other people think you're good. Like, no, you do it so you think you're good. Right. Right. It's for you because yeah, you know man. you're doing the right things, man. Yeah. Like, so I'm at summer stage, probably a month after playlist that you and I are there, and I'm with Aunt uh, Anthony Demby. Shout out Aunt Demby, my brother, who brought me to playlist, and shout out Julian Alexander, who's also been on the show, one of my best friends in the universe. Was on the phone with him yesterday. Not for Julian Alexander, we don't have the covers of Fifty Cent Get Richard Die Trying. He changed the way that we visually interpreted hip hop. Period. Mm -hmm. This man is responsible for convincing 50 this is the direction. He's convinced Nas this is the direction, M, like everybody. And he goes because he's so quiet about life and the way he approaches things and respect that most folks don't know the Julian Alexander, unless you're a design nerd or you're a hip-hop nerd. Now, Julian and I are standing side stage at Summer Stage with Capri, with Rich Medina, with a bunch of people. I'm still geeking out. You know, Whenever I'm around Godfather's a rap dude, I'm I'm basically waiting for them to sign my shirt. Still, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, they're, right. They're asking right, me questions right, right. about food. They're asking me questions right. about social justice. And I'm like, cool, can you sign my shirt? Can you sign it right here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you make it out to Mark Brand? Thanks. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just so my girl knows. Um, so I see Kaz and I am like 
I'm beside myself. Yeah. I'm mid-conversation with somebody. I grab Julian by the shoulder. I'm like, look, I know we don't know each other this well, but I think it's really important that we go get a picture with Kaz right now. Yeah. And he's like, okay, okay, why? I'm like, because you know, you already know why. Right, right. And we go down and he's got his hip hop boulevard street sign with him. Nobody who's there, bar seven or eight people, has any idea who this person is, right? And I'm tripping and I walk up to him. This one's for you, by the way. And I'm like, Kaz, good to see you again. And he's like, yeah, good to see you too. Daps, hugs, like no idea who I am whatsoever. Julian pulls up on the left. I pull up on the right. We get this picture. It's love. It's respect. Everybody's smiling. Julian goes to walk away and he's like, I forget. What's, what's your name again? It's uh, it's Search, right? Oh, no. Amazing. Kaz thought I was MC Search. I love it. I love it. That's even better. <laughs> It's good like, talking to you, man. This is great. This has been a know, great. I can leave now. Like this is, this is this is that's amazing. That's amazing. My heart is broken in this moment, and simultaneously, I appreciate that you only know five or six white dudes. That's amazing. That's amazing. Who would be this excited about you? Yeah, like uh, anyway, Daps proper's respects. Like in in any that's conversation great. I'm having with folks. We stand on the shoulders of those who came before us and 1, struggled 000. to make this happen. I'm not sitting in front of these turntables in this mixer right now, but for the folks who came before us and made this happen. And it's also, it's putting a value on those people's names and, and having them weigh as heavy as, you know, the LLs and the other people that people know. But yes. on the flip side of that, it's also about, the person who is, you know, helping plug in the cables, giving them as much respect and love as the LLs and whatever in that regard, it's like, you know, it's about showing respect and to anybody and everybody around you. And, and I feel like that's the thing that's missed a little bit is, you know, people get caught up in the moment. Sometimes it's like acknowledging all the components in the puzzle because without it, none of it works. And if you take one out, yeah, oh, that he's replaceable, that guy or whatever. It's like, yeah, but not really, you know. And if you look at it as these people are disposable or irreplaceable based on fame or based on, uh, you know, where they are in the social ladder, I think that's where you lose. Because sometimes the best person in the room who has the best idea is that person who's just plugging in cords who sees it from a completely different perspective and goes you know what guys i would do this thing in in red and you're like what best idea from this guy over here it so you the, the that whole concept of like because you know i i always trip out when you know there's a lot of backstage over the years there's a lot of you know social circles and being in in certain spaces and it's like you watch how certain agents or managers or whoever will like sort of go in the room and like go posture next to like the the most you know the most notable person and be around them and then the photos come out and they sort of get right in the photo of like hey I was yep. and that to me has always been like a weird toxic thing where it's like you're just chasing and you're trying to climb up your social ladder you're trying to like let me make sure I get this photo so I can show everybody that I was there and that I and it's like you know how many photos I have with fucking legends that I just will never post because it's just like, no, I just want that's for me. That's for me, man. That's for Yo. me. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not about like, hey, I was here with, you know, it's, you know, maybe, 
maybe there's a time, you know, to, to post those over the years, but like, it's not about, it's not about working the room like that. You know, as a youngster, when I was coming up, it was like, yo, oh yeah, you know, you, you have a fever for that, but you understand that at the end of the day, just be yourself. And this is going to sound kind of funny, but it's like, I used to try and in a room like that, I would go towards where all the, you know, the action was. And there was a moment where I was like, that needed to happen. But the older I get, the more I realize, like, no, let me just, let me just be in my own pocket. And what I realized in doing that is I feel like there's something about who I am and how I am. There's a certain magnetic thing that happens where I start pulling people towards me inadvertently just by like, you know, people coming up and all of a sudden I realize in that room, I have my own pocket of, of energy that I just was standing there kind of being there and people just all of a sudden we got a thing going in our little circle. And that's more genuine than running up, trying to be a part of something. And I think it's, you know, and sometimes it won't happen. There's times where I'll be sitting there and that won't happen at all. I'll just be over there and there's a whole thing. I'm cool with that too. Sometimes that's even better. Cause I'm like, let me just be over here, just, you know, in my own thing. I guess the point I'm trying to make is not being concerned or not being focused on where that pocket of energy is and just being yourself and experiencing pockets of energy or not, and, and just having an ebb and flow. And again, maybe I'm sitting over at the corner talking to, you know, somebody who on the social ladder isn't as high up, but we're having this interesting conversation. And I've, I felt like, a lot of those times where, oh, who's this guy over here? Hey, what's up, man? Oh, hey, Jim. I, you know, I'm Zach. Hey, nice to meet you. What are you doing here? All right. We just spark up a conversation. Four, five, six years later, I'm like, you know, doing an event or some corporate thing or whatever. And here comes Jim. Hey, oh, what? How do I know? Yo, yeah. Remember that one time where we were sitting in the thing? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, this is my company. I'm the CEO of this company. It's like, wait a second. What? And it's just because I show, showed that person the same level of respect I would anybody else that they re remembered like, Oh, this dude's straight. And I, I feel like there's something about having that, you know, going into any situation or any room and just going, this is the, the bar. If you're cool, then I'm cool. If you're not, then I'm not. And that's really it. And just, and, and everybody gets the same level that I've found has given me, um, you know, rewards, uh, many times over and and sometimes way later but just because it's like that's how i want to be treated that's how i want to treat people and again goes to back to the shout out where everybody in the room is is important the the room is important not one person more than others and that to me is you know when you work the room it's walking into the room and letting the room just be the room you know you're not like trying to fucking you know hey it's like no i'm just going to be here and like Yo, let's let's meet some people. Let's have a good time. Like whatever. And the same thing applies to DJing. Like, let me go in and just play. And like, I'm not gonna play because I'm in this particular. I'm not gonna lean so hard on one or the other. It's like, let me just put it all out there. And and I'm a I'm a firm believer in whoever rocks with you will stay. And every whoever doesn't, you know, if they dip out, that's cool too. But don't be so concerned about it because if you're so concerned about that the whole house of cards falls and you end up sort of getting, you know, nothing. And it's like, you leave not experiencing anything other than, Oh, I got to picture with so-and-so, or I got to, you know, whatever. It's like, yeah, but 
there's all this other great stuff that was happening you didn't even notice because you were so focused on chasing all of that stuff weaves into being present Mm -hmm. and trusting trusting and also your intuition yeah right your intuition moves you into places and particularly when you are like us like many folks forced to be in rooms often and i mean i know this about myself and i know a little bit about you and i know it about almost every artist i know to be honest we are extroverted introverts we do our art because we love making people feel good but we're not real good at a lot of inputs right (laughs) right right i work behind i work on a stage i work behind a kitchen i worked behind turntables you'll hear the word behind a lot right because i was able to control my environment and my mental health was in a better place if i could know what was going to happen and have some prediction and then like just give my love my skill my talent my energy whatever that is i could give it outwardly and also feel very strongly like your message is your message having conviction about your art or your skill and knowing and trusting yourself versus being what you're just alluding to there too is like don't be everybody else yeah don't don't be everybody else don't everybody can do that anybody can get close to actually a celebrity and get a picture like that's just a thing that can happen but what is it the experience that you actually want to have? And what is the, the gift that you want to give and share with somebody else? What does that look like? Right. And you miss the moments, man. If you're not like, if you don't lay back in the cut every once in a while, how are you ever going to learn anything? Yeah, no, it's it, exactly. Because sometimes that perspective from that corner of the room is the biggest lesson. You're like, oh, wow, I'm seeing, I, I, you know, that's why the, the guy plugging in cords or whatever sometimes has the best perspective because you just see it all and you're and you're able to sort of like, oh, wow, I'm here and I could go up and be a part of it. But I'm also I like kind of having an idea of what's going on. And, you know, I, I will say this, too, as 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 good as I can be socially, you know, I've I've learned that's a learned thing. I've learned mm-hmm. how to be good in social situations. I've learned how to talk myself out of things sometimes, you know what I mean? In order to like, or diffuse a situation, you know, especially in these high tense situations where things are going on. Like sometimes you have to figure out how to use your words correctly and wisely to, to keep an even balance. But if it were up to me, if it were up to me, I don't want to talk to anybody. You know what I mean? There's a part of me. It's like, I just, I, you know, I mean, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, It's not that I, you know, and sometimes the conversations, I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm glad I did because, you know, the conversation turned into something great. But as normally, you know, there's a, especially as a DJ or producer or somebody who's, you know, I go to a record store. I don't want to be, I don't want, I can't hear anything. It's so hard to go digging with friends. It's so hard because the double-edged sword is I don't want any distractions. I want to pay attention to everything. I don't want, I don't want to like look away and then drop the record and be like, Oh, and then, you know, because I'm in a coffee conversation because I want to be focused on what I'm doing. But at the same time, the double-edged sword is if you're with somebody like, Hey, do you know this break? You're like, wait, what? You know, it's like, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, no. so it's a double-edged sword. That's why the pre the pre dig and the post dig are so crazily important. <laughs> I know, I know, you stash your crate underneath. You put it there. You're with you're with bastard. You're with the gaff. You're with whoever. They're showing you all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go back. You you yeah. wink nudge the guy and you're like, hey, can you hold this for me so I can yeah, actually yeah, come yeah, back yeah. and listen? Yeah. Can you hold these forty things for me that I have? 
no, but it, but but again, going back to what I'm saying, it's 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 very it's it's solitude in its best form. Being in a record store by myself for hours, uninterrupted, you know, digging, coming back home, being in the studio or being in my, you know, in front of the, you know, the whatever your your gear, you're making, producing by yourself, DJing, practicing by yourself. All of this is solo. And it's very, you know, the drive there and back. Everything is, you're processing. Oh, how would I sample that horn? Or, oh, or, whatever. or you're listening to music. It's very, you know, you know, when you're trying to listen, critical listen, and there's people talking and you're like, wait, I'm trying to hear this thing. Like, I, it's, all of this is, a, is solo-based work until it's not. And then it's fully everybody, you know, you in a room with everybody. <laughs> nobody or everybody there's just there's 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 no like you know unless you're unless you're the person from start to finish where you like i'm starting the night with 12 people and then at the end of the night it's everything but then ultimately it goes back to me in the car driving home by myself so there's this whole arc of like you know socially you get ah and then you're back to like oh okay i can be by myself and you know so i it's very very interesting like learning how to be social learning how to act and, and interact in those environments took me some time. You know what I mean? But, but ultimately I'm at my best when I have six hours of deep dive on a, on a song or a project or a thing, because to me, I've been able to answer all the creative questions in my head that keep popping up. What if you did it this way? What if you pitched it up? What if you did, what if you rewound it? What if you put an acapella over it? All these, ah, it's going on in my head. And if you put me in a room with 30 other people, I'm trying to do that. It's like, ah, look around. It's like, there's voices. There's this. And I, when I'm by myself and I can, I can quiet all of them and feel like I rinse this product out to its most refined piece. Boom. That's now part of my repertoire. And then when somebody goes, wow, how'd you do that? It's like, well, it took me the four hours in the, in the record store. It took me the, you know, the six hours in the studio. Took me, and then, you know, to get this one thing, that ultimately is meant to be played socially. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's just a real interesting, you know, we normally are in our huts in our, in our works, in our tool sheds in our, in our, you know, it's very by yourself, very with yourself um, work. And I feel like a lot of people forget that. You know what I mean? I think, you know, when you think of a, of, of a DJ, some people though, who do this are, are, you know, when you see certain DJs perform, certain DJs are so about the, that the crowd and everything else that when they're by themselves, it's a, they don't know how to sort of deal. I'm the opposite. I tend to like, definitely, you know, I don't know, but that's, it's just something I've noticed. I was, I was actually going to reflect to you is like, you've just described essentially both sides of the container that a human being either has. There's people who are like, cannot be alone and for a good chunk of my life because i had so much trauma built up that i didn't want to face i couldn't be alone because if i was alone i'd have to listen to myself right and right. so i also used music or like working on my dj stuff or work working in the kitchen or working on that like as an escape because i had to be hyper focused right and right. i didn't have to look inwards and you and i talked about this about the pandemic and a lot of our friends too around damn, I finally had a second to look back at this thing that really hurt me or this was like a moment where i'm dealing with my own what does my longevity look like? How is my family? Like those things, being introverted and extroverted, we have friends who will like, literally, they live to be in the party. 
right? They live to be in the center of that party and really make people feel good, but also take that intake and it energizes them. And on any given Sunday, that energy depletes me or right. fills me. And it right. just depends on how it's going, how I'm doing and what that looks like. I think the other fun part, the more fun part, the less dark and like introspective part about what you said is the analogy works for everybody's skill set in their art. Whatever it is that you do in the world, and I can use cooking as a really easy one, is I could be at home working on a dish. I did a stuffed fish last week with my girl with the tilapia, with all the sausage and all these things. It started off as going to be a Chinese-influenced dish. It finished as an Italian dish. And like as I was rounding the corner with it, I've got critical feedback with somebody who has an amazing palate who's tasting it. I'm going to cook that fish for 40 people at a big conference in San Francisco in two weeks. I can't wait because right. I was in the lab. I picked up that fish at the record store, a.k.a. the market. Right. You know, I picked up all those different parts from my suppliers, from my dealers. I need absolute silence while I'm doing these things. Right. I need to right. be like, looking at the ingredients. I need to be smelling and touching and tasting things. I can't be answering questions. And then when you make the product, you're honoring everything that's gone into that right. the same way as you are with music. You're honoring the sample. I want it clear enough so I can actually hear Right, baby Huey. I want it clear enough so you know that this drum is from X, Y, or Z. And in those places, there's honor, there's commitment, there's dedication, there's skill, there's 30 plus years of, of doing it. And I will even take it a step further. And this is the this is like the, the, the devil's curse in all of this is if you do it perfect, nobody notices. <laughs> <laughs> if you do it, if you do it perfect, nobody knows. And it's like, <laughs> ah, that was great. Fish was great. Thanks. Oh, Thanks so much. Great. Yeah, great. Yeah. That was so good. Yeah, the, the, the 60 hours <laughs> that went into that. That's <laughs> ah, cool. Yeah, give me another but one. What, but <laughs> what you don't know is the person who was hanging back from the conversation had a revolutionary experience. Sure, sure. If, you're, right? if, you're, if you've done it correctly, yes. But that, but that's, <laughs> that to me is, is the, that's the epitome. I, like, I would always joke around with, with um, A skills. We were working on a project one time. <laughs> And we, Shout out Adam. Uh, yeah, love that dude. But we were working on a project and we were doing like we were trying to take like a remove something out of the audio. There was some like a thing that was in the thing that was like, oh, we got to take that out because it's just doesn't sound right. And so we were working on this thing, this bit for a show we did in Australia. And it was like, I don't know, we spent like six hours like going through surgically and like cutting around and like adding air and like to this thing to make it feel like, Oh, Oh wow. You, it, it, that was never there. It's like we forensic, like cut and surgically. And then the sample was like six hours later, we were like, we did it. And then we were laughing. We were like, nobody's going to care about this. Nobody. Six hours. <laughs> waste. You care. No, you care. We could have put it in with a thing and nobody would, it wouldn't have fucking mattered. It wouldn't like, but we were so like, ah. It would have mattered to you two, though. That's the whole point. But the amount of shit that goes on like that all the time in my world is just – i if I had a clock to just clock those moments where it's like, doesn't matter moment. Click, 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 click. No, no. Three hours. I, okay. I heavily disagree. <laughs> those are – you bought your own peace. You sure. bought your own peace with that time, and you know. Like, ultimately – you're gonna know. Ultimately, I could, I couldn't, I couldn't perform it because it would always be like, "Oh, I gotta fix that." Right for me. Yep, totally. And for A skills, <laughs> but it's same. But for the for the masses, for the whatever, however many thousands of people we're playing for, you know how many people caught that? 
probably four. You know what I mean? Four people were probably like, oh, this thing. <laughs> Folks, I'm going to give you an even deeper peek into this. So then what would have also happened is that track would have got shared. It would have got shared, and every time it was shared... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time, every time it was shared, there would be a note. Three minutes and 14 seconds. There's just this little thing. Don't worry about it. Because you yeah, wouldn't yeah, yeah, be yeah. able to... Because you'd be worried that, uh, you know, somebody else would hear it. <laughs> yeah, I would make a T-shirt with that on it. Just be like, hey, at 3 minute 14 mark, that wasn't me. It was whatever. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. There, that was yeah. impossible. Like, I can't listen to Family <laughs> Affair by Sly and the Family Stone ever. I can't listen to it because as soon as that, that drum comes in that pops, that yeah. there's literally yeah. like, that's too, I can't. And then yeah, 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 Black yeah. Eyed Peas sampled it, and I hear, yeah. I'm like, I just, oh, you guys are yeah. making me crazy. Does nobody else hear this but me? <laughs> Why do I have to lock myself in a room and replay this whole song? I just I'm I'm glad to know that like that it's not just me because there would be moments where you know there's moments where I will work on something for a set a specific thing I just did a boat party last night right I did this boat party and it was this thing and like you know three or four days earlier I'm fine I'm looking for stuff I put together this whole thing I I ended up not even fucking playing the damn thing. You know, six hours, probably four hours. I worked on it. I was like, oh, this is perfect. And then there was just never the right moment to drop it. And it was like, okay. And that's (laughs) really that, If you you know, if people are like, hey, what's it like being a DJ? That's it. I did all this work. I took my time. I was like, oh, I had to get up in the middle and stretch. I had to get up in the middle and stretch. Like, oh, this is going to go back in it. Oh, I got to go back in. I'm not done. And I ended up not even fucking playing it. Well, this is <laughs> and this is a perfect and natural close to our first conversation of Many on oh, Better. But God. this is the reason. If you folks are asking yourself at home, how do I get Tony Hawk to do a hand plant on the coping in front of my turntables at X Games or get to rock with the Rolling Stones? It's that six hours. Make yeah, no yeah. mistake that those yeah. two things are directly correlated. Those are the, that's the reason the painstaking respect and love for something and somebody else's time and attention is what separates you from the herd. That's where you become the greatest Yeah, because you, you don't actually think that time's wasted. You're like, you know what? If Lucy who booked this thing wanted to actually hear that and this is, she hadn't been drunk and passed out in the bathroom. I would (laughs) have dropped this at 1115. Right, right. It was going to be her moment. You did it for her. You didn't do it for you. Right. And that's. In anything that you do in the world, folks, I got to tell you, that's the secret sauce. It's the dedication yeah. to the craft, to the consistently pushing. Zach could have showed up to that boat party with a USB that somebody threw him out of a car and turned that thing inside <laughs> out with no idea what was on it, with literally sure, no sure. idea what was on it. He could have just gone in blind and been like, watch this get hurt. But instead, three days of prep gets you the life-changing experience. My man, a peek inside your brain. You know what would have been on that USB is that Black Eyed Peas track. <laughs> <laughs> and the Sly and the Family Stone one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you yeah, would have yeah, just yeah. juggled back and forth and recorded it and sent it to me <laughs> on WhatsApp and been like, hey, remember this? <laughs> it would have been recorded and that would have been the one that got shared in the million views. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Always. Because that's how uh, the internet works. 10,000 hours. It's, it's that. Those, those moments of working and pining away at something and never using mm-hmm. it. Is, is part of the 10,000 hours. But I will say this, because um, now you got me thinking about it. It's also, you know, when you're working on something, you're doing it to do the work. It's about the work. Mm-hmm. It's not about the result, right? It's like yes. getting it out off your chest. Because those are things too where, 
next time I'm at a boat party and I'm like digging, trying to find something, I'm like, oh, there's this thing I never played. And I play it at another thing and it ends up going over incredibly because I just happen to have it because it's like a tool that I, I forged and I made and I just I never brought it to battle. It's just stayed on the shelf. And so it's, when you walk into that room mentally and there's all your things, you go, this is what I need for this right now. And that's I think yes. something that making it because I just had to make it, but then finding a time to use it. And someone's like, how did you? And you just go, yeah, that's right. I had that, you know, you know, it's like yeah, yeah. casual. Yeah. Casually. <laughs> I just worked on it for six hours, never used it. It's been, I've been sitting on it for four years, whatever. And yep. It's part of the 10,000 hours. It's part of doing it just to do it and get it, get, get your ideas out and get it off your chest. And, you know, sometimes those things come back. Um, you know, it, it's, it's the unnecessary creating or, or, or that thing of where you're, you know, I'm just creating to create. I'm put that over here somewhere. And then years later, you're like, I'm stumped for ideas. You come back, you're like, oh, what about this thing? Oh, this is perfect. Yes. And I think that it's all part of it, right? It's all the work just funnels into one thing. So it's funny, man. You, you got me thinking about, you know, all the, the, all the tracks that are sitting on my hard drive that I never finished or whatever. It's like, maybe you got to go back and revisit those things. So when you drop that record, I'll be expecting my shout out. And yeah. my liner note credit. Yeah, I'll take yeah. them. I'll take them. Done. Both, no, no, the album is going to be called Trojan Horse. So, like, <laughs> ah, yes, it's already written. All right. Well, you know, I've I've got a bunch of songs I've written that every, nobody ever wants to hear. So, like, holler at your boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yo, yo, thank you for your time, man. Uh, love to your girl. Love to your dog, as always. And just appreciate you being here with us on Better and sharing your insights, your history, your wisdom. And just your candor, man, like, you know, you know me enough to know that I would never put anybody on this platform or in this space with me that wasn't 100% legit. But you just reaffirmed for me today, like, to live your authenticity, to truly be it. People throw that shit around all the time. But I've experienced you now for 20 years uh, as a human, you know, didn't know me from shit. Little record kid with a, a starter cap pulled down too, too far and geeked out. And you've always been about your word. You've always been about the audience and being about a truly uh an integrated experience and uh, thank you for bringing that to us today man i can't i can't oh, say man thank you for having me mark i love you brother and i always appreciate our talks and i always feel like they're so short man i feel like i could just riff with you for hours so yeah man yeah man well well luckily we're in each other's life for the rest of them so love you too yes. thank you for being here folks all of the links are in the bio there's so much music for you to take in but also follow my man on all the socials there's always great stuff there and you can keep up with his world changing musical experiences you've been on better i am mark brand this was my guest dj z trip peace y'all be safe